0: How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Creative Collision Podcast. This is Saeed here, bringing you a new episode. I'm going to touch on a couple different topics today. Uh, One topic that uh, is very um, talked about right now because of the Last Dance documentary is uh, who's a GOAT, who's the greatest uh, player of all time. And there's a lot of uh, topics and and, uh, debates on social media and on uh, on all the uh, sports networks about who's the, who's the goat, and and uh, MJ and LeBron are getting a lot of comparisons right now, and people are debating that. And uh, uh, this documentary has been has been uh definitely like, reminding people what made uh, Michael Jordan so great, and why many people consider him the goat to this day. And that got me thinking about the whole goat conversation. Um, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna um, discuss this and I personally think Michael Jordan is a goat and I'm gonna discuss as to why why Michael Jordan will always have the edge in the goat conversation. So you can I know you can make the argument for other players for uh, you know LeBron, magic, Kobe, um, Kareem, you know you can you can make arguments for other players. But Michael Jordan will always have the easiest argument to be made for, and he's always going to have the edge in the go conversation. And I'm going to discuss why why no matter what any other player does, for the most part, um, why he's always going to have the edge. He's always going to have the most coin for him when it comes to the greatest of all time, when it comes to the this conversation. So I'm going to start there. Um, and then I'm going to start doing um, a top 10 all-time players per position in the NBA. Um so I'm going to start with point guard and I'm going to add that to this this podcast as well. So uh but first of all, I'm going to start with the with the MJ uh go conversation. And a couple years back, I actually I actually made a list of the top 15 NBA players of all time. Uh this was 2016 when I made this list. So this is a, a ways back now. A lot has happened since then. Uh, That that was before uh, LeBron won his uh, his third ring in in uh, Cleveland, um, his most important championship. So even before then, I had LeBron still like number nine. So and after that championship, um, I would put him higher. Um, um, But at that time, you know, uh, you know I. The reason i'm bringing this up is uh i i base this list off of the criteria as to why mj will always have the edge in this conversation and that hasn't changed from the time i made that list um so gathering all my all my thoughts about it and this whole conversation because it's always talked about all the time there's a few things that stand out to me as to why mj will always have the edge and and when we think about the conversation, right, the greatest of all time, we base it off, like, okay, rings, championships, that's always a big topic, Topic, right? Michael Jordan is 6-for-6 six six with six finals MVPs. You know, LeBron's only 3-6 and six in the finals. Kobe won 5, Magic won 5. Kareem has 6. Like, Russell, Bill Russell has 11, right? So, rings is always a, a topic of conversation. And then people like to compare, you know, how stats right like numbers and uh um, stats and the, all the accumulative stats and averages that these players had like you know lebron is really a big stat king that's just like a lot of people that think lebron's the greatest he, they point towards his numbers like he has you know the fact that he averages more um more rebounds and assists than jordan and and uh he's like 27 7 to 7 for his career and he's going to end up with oh he's going to be like you know when it, all said and done, LeBron's stats are gonna be probably greater than any any player. He might end up as a number one scorer in NBA history. He's gonna be what, like one of the only people that has like eight thousand rebounds and assists or something like that. So he's on pace for these stats, right? So that's one argument people make too: uh, longevity and stats and things like that. And then the third thing is kind of just like the eye test and you know how people like. Seeing how they played and and their mentality and and their skill level and and uh, and just how you know how skilled somebody was, how how great somebody was, what their you know the eye test. Just watching them play and getting and making an opinion as to why you think somebody's better than the other person, just by you know seeing them on the court, seeing them play, and that's where like a lot of people that uh, watch Kobe. Are gonna put Kobe in the conversation. and that's the biggest thing for him because he was so skillful and things like that, right? So people kind of look at these things and they try to make a list off of it. Um, I'm kind of you know, well, the way I'm basing this list is similar to that, but I'm kind of breaking it down and you know more strategic towards it, and this is why MJ will always have the edge in this conversation. Um, so going back to the rings, right? uh the championships that um that a player has. And the reason why uh, people like make this complaint like why why do rings matter all the time in the NBA? Like why, you know, why do we or why do we base things off of rings all the time? Um, cuz like uh you know, when somebody says when somebody um, in favor of Jordan when they debate it they say Jordan was 6 for 6, 6 Finals MVPs and then somebody that might like uh LeBron, they they go like, "Well, Oh, if that's the case, if it was all about rings and Bill Russell's a go or they even take it, you know, start trolling and go a step further, then that means Robert Ory's better than Jordan because he has seven rings, right? So people say stuff dumb stuff like that, but it that's not the real argument that we're making for Jordan. It's not it's not just the fact that Jordan had six rings. It's the fact that he was the absolute best player in all six championships that he won. So this is a big key here. I'm gonna repeat this. It's not just only the fact that he's six for six with six finals MVPs. It's well the six finals MVPs is actually actually the key point here. It's not the six championships, it's the six finals MVPs. So when I'm looking at rings and the reason why it matters in the NBA is because is because um you have so much more impact in the NBA towards your team's success. Uh, and winning a championship one player has so much more influence and impact on the game because it's only you know five on five there's only ten players at a time you play offense and defense so one player can really change the outcome of a game so this is why rings in and basketball are are always um looked at you know it's always like an important key into into you know breaking down who was better because one player has that sort of impact. At the end of the day, you still need your teammates. You still need, you still need uh, good players around you. You know, Michael still needed Scotty and and uh, Rodman and Horace Grant. You know, and even you know Phil Jackson as a coach. Uh, LeBron needed Kyrie and Way. Kobe needed Shaq and uh, Paul Gasol later down the line. Larry Bird needed McCall and Parish and all that. So you're always going to need good teammates. You can't win by yourself. But um. Being a great player and being a superstar in the NBA, you, you, you impact your, your chances of winning a championship so much greater than in any other sport, any other team sport, I should say. So like in baseball, uh, Mike Trout is the best baseball player, right? He's been the best baseball player for, for several years now. Nobody really debates this, but nobody gets on Mike Trout for not winning a championship. You know, nobody blames him for not winning a championship because in baseball, you can be the best player in the world, but you can only affect the game so much. Mike Trout can only do so much. You know, he can't pitch. He can't hit every single time. You know, he he, he can be the best player, but you never really impact the game, you know, uh, on the level of an NBA player has towards the game. The reason why we don't really get on Barry Bonds for not winning a championship because there's only some—as great as Barry Bonds was— and especially, you know, in the early 2000s when he was broided up and and just freaking the scariest player in baseball history at that time, he still couldn't win a World Series. You know, the Giants still lost in 2002. Um, so you, you, nobody really blames Barry Bonds for that, you know, because he, he can only do so much. And the like, uh, same thing in football, a quarterback has a big impact on the game, but... A quarterback can't catch the ball for the receivers you know quarterback can't play defense right so um you know we we look at you know Aaron Rodgers can only do so much at the you know the end of the day right so we don't really get on I mean we get we don't really get on baseball players for not winning rings that are great we don't get on you know we don't get on um uh football players that much maybe sometimes we get on quarterbacks especially if they you know if they're if if they don't really come up big in big situations but for the most part like we don't blame dan marino for never winning winning a ring because again he can't he couldn't he can't play defense he he can't he protect himself you know get you know block for himself with the offensive line you know whatever it may be like he can't catch the ball for his receivers so he even him at the end of the day just you know only has so much control so this is why in the NBA, it matters a lot. Why you put a lot of stock into it, because you do have a big impact on the game if you're a great player. Um, so going back to that, the reason like we talk about Jordan and and the six rings and why it's such a big deal and why we value, value it so much is because he won the six finals MVPs that go along with it. If MJ, even if... Let's say if Scottie Pippen just won one Finals MVP. Let's say there. Let's say there was a series like let's say maybe like against the Jazz, right? Uh, Jordan Jordan was out of it. He couldn't, you know, he only averaged like twenty two points a game in the series. But Scottie Pippen got really hot and and averaged thirty points a game in the series and won the Finals MVP and saved Jordan from losing. You know, even if like something like that happened, that would be a big impact. That would change the conversation a lot. Um, if, if, um or even if, because this happens from time to time, even if like Jordan and the Bulls won a championship one of those times, but got outplayed by an opposing player. Let's say like in 93, when, when the Bulls beat um, the Suns, um, Jordan had, you know, an amazing series, but let's say, let's say Charles Barkley outplayed Jordan. But the Bulls still won and Jordan got the finals MVP. Uh, if if there if Barkley outplayed them, um, but he didn't get the uh, you know, but they still lost, that even that still would be like a shot towards Jordan's legacy because he got outplayed by somebody else, you know? And this is why Jordan's always gonna have the edge in this conversation, because nobody ever was better than Jordan like, ever, while he played with the Bulls, okay, I'm, I know people might bring up the Wizards, and, and those last, you know, two years with the Wizards, but, uh, you know, like, again, he was 39, 40 years old, so, it is what it is, like, you can hold that against him, but, while he was in his prime, while Jordan was in his prime, he's the only player in NBA history, while he was in his prime, that never got outplayed Or never, nobody was ever better than him for like a series or a moment really. And the only time he lost in his prime was to the Magic, right? In 95. Um, But even then, so that's the closest, that's the closest time where you can make the argument that, that like Jordan was clearly like outmatched, right? In that, in that series, you know, that was the year he came back uh, from baseball, he, you know, he wasn't really in basketball shape, he only played 17 games in the regular season, and then uh, they lost in six games in the second round to a young Shaq and um, Penny Hardaway on the Magic, so that was the only time in Michael Jordan's prime where, where he lost a series, a playoff series. Now, if you just look at the stats in that series, though, it's not like, it's not like Jordan choked or it's not like Jordan got outplayed by by uh anybody, like um on the magic, you know. Jordan in that series, even though the they lost, he still averaged thirty one points a game, uh, six and a half rebounds, three point seven assists, two point five steals, one point eight blocks. He was still the best player in that series. He shot forty eight percent. He was still better than than Shaq and Penny. You know? Um Shaq that series was twenty four and thirteen. Um on 48% shooting. So, you know, it wasn't like like Shaq outplayed Jordan. That's the reason why why the Magic won Um Penny Penny was good, 19.7 and a half assists on 44%, but Penny didn't outplay Jordan. Um and actually the reason why the Magic won that series cuz they took Horace Grant away from the from uh, the Bulls. The Bulls didn't have the size to to defend, you know, Shaq and, and Horace Grant. So, you know, they lost her and Horace Grant underrated, underrated part of those first three championships, but Horace Grant in that series killed the Bulls, he averaged 18 points and 11 rebounds on 65% shooting, so Horace Grant is honestly the reason why the Magic beat the Bulls in that series, but again, like, even when Jordan lost, he was always the best player, and that's, and that's always why he's going to have the edge in this conversation, Uh, he's the only player in NBA history, the only player in NBA history that never got outplayed by an opposing player over the course of a, a, you know, significant stretch. And, you know, if you want to bring up his his early years when he was losing to the Celtics and the Pistons, um, I looked up those stats. Let's look at Jordan in, in the early years, you know, before he started winning championships because uh, people will bring up that, right, that are debating for a different player. Now, Jordan in, in 85, which was his rookie year, I looked up those numbers. He, yeah, uh, he his rookie year. They lost in the first round to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Jordan in that series, though, averaged twenty nine point three points a game, five point eight rebounds, eight point five assists, uh, 2.8 steals, uh, and two point eight steals, on about forty four percent shooting. So, like, even even when he was losing early in his career, he was still great. Um, of course, like the eighty six series against the Celtics, coming back from a broken leg dropping a playoff record, 63 points, um, against, uh, Larry Bird's 80 Celtics in 86, one of the best teams ever, especially of that era. Jordan averaged 43.7 points in that series. It's not like Larry Bird outplayed him. It's not like really like he was, you know, the moment was too big for him. You know, it was never that, that case with Jordan, even when he was losing and then the Pistons stuff, you know, uh, you look at, you look at his, uh, his, uh, series with the Pistons and, you know, people bring that up and, um, you put up those stats. So if you play the Pistons four straight years, you know, the first three times, um, he lost to the Pistons, but it's not like, um, the Pistons really shut him down. You know, we know about the Jordan rules and we've seen in the documentary, um, how, you know, how tough the Pistons made it for him. Uh, let's look at his numbers. In 88, that was the first matchup with the Pistons. Um, Jordan averaged 27.4 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 49% shooting. Like, still elite numbers. In 89, he was 30 points a game, 5.5 rebounds, 6.5 assists on 46% shooting. Elite numbers. 1990, uh, 32 points a game, 7 rebounds, about 6 assists on about 47% shooting. So, and then when he got over the hump in '91, when they when he swept them in '91 and finally got past the Pistons, he was 30 points a game, uh, five rebounds, seven assists on 50 about 54% shooting. So even when he was like losing in the early years, he was still always the best player on the floor. And he's the only player in NBA history that you can really say that all the time, you know. And that's why he's always going to have a slight edge over anybody because this I don't I don't know if that there's going to be another player that was that dominant even when he lost that you can honestly say that, that like he was always the best player at like every single time. Um Just look at like LeBron, right? Cause that's why everybody's debating MJ LeBron right now. Um LeBron obviously has those, you know, the 2011 obviously. Right. And, and uh, 2011, it's you know it might not be fair but it's always going to be uh it's always going to be a a big deal towards this conversation of the greatest of all time because because when you when you start debating who's the greatest greatest of all time you have to start to nitpick because you're you're picking between you know the absolute 0.1% of best players in the world so so you have to start to nitpick and unfortunately like 2011 is always going to be it's always going to be a negative towards this conversation for LeBron because you know he, Jordan never had a moment like that you know I just went through his stats even in playoff series where he lost he never had a moment like that like LeBron averaged 70 points a game um he was like t- terrible in the fourth quarter of those series he like it, obviously like he choked in that series like there's no way around it. he choked in that series like he got outplayed by Jason Terry you know what I mean like like imagine if Michael Jordan got outplayed by like the Jason Terry of his generation like in in the in the prime of his career and lost a playoff series like you know it, it would be a big a big uh dent towards his legacy and that never happened you know so um and uh, LeBron has made up a lot for that, you know. Since then, you know, he's won the three, he's won three championships since then, and in, he's looked good in losses, just like Jordan did. Where, where he, even in the the um, even in the finals, finals where he lost, LeBron was still the best player in a lot of the a lot of the finals where he lost. But 2011, unfortunately, is always going to be a big a big uh, dent in this conversation. Uh, 2007 as well i know lebron was young uh but it's the numbers still weren't good right um you know he was he wasn't good in 2007 finals um and uh you can even make the case you know i I don't blame him for losing to the warriors because the warriors were just you know they're better that's something that uh it's always gonna you know i'm always gonna uh Defend LeBron about, I don't blame him for losing to the Warriors. But you know, at the same time, you can make the case that Kevin Durant outplayed him, you know, in in the finals, and and you can never make that case about Jordan, where where another player outplayed him in the, in the in the NBA finals, um, or in the playoff series, you know. So it's it's something that is always going to be always going to be um yeah always going to be an edge for Jordan it just is and 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 every other player every other all-time great player that you can have in this conversation um had a bad series had a very bad series where where um where he got outplayed by different you know either an opposing player on 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 the other team sometimes maybe even a player on their team um you know, Kobe, Kobe's my favorite player of all time, but yeah, I mean, he, he got outplayed by, you know, I've seen Kobe had bad series, 2004 against the Pistons, Chauncey Billups was better than him in that series, um, you know, uh, um, and, you know, the 3-1 lead that he blew against the, the Suns, I mean, Kobe was better than any other player in that series, but blowing the 3-1 lead, I don't know, hey Jordan doesn't have that moment, you know, um, the 2008, uh, 2008 finals getting now played by, by, you know, you can argue that Paul Pierce was better than him in that series, right, which is hard, really hard for me to say, like, as a fucking Laker fan and as a, uh, person that hates the Celtics and hates, you know, Paul Pierce is, like, annoying, um, and that 08 team is fucking annoying, the 08 Celtics team milked, they milk that championship so much they act like they were a dynasty they won one fucking championship but they milk that one ring in 08 like they're the fucking 80s celtics like they're like <laughs> i don't i don't want to go off on them but but still like i've seen other you know other players have had that same that same um other great players i've had those instances you know so um yeah that's why jordan is always going to have the edge it's really because he was always better than everybody, you know. Um, and then you know you combined, you combined not not just ju- not just the titles, but the eye tests as well. Um, you know he was more skilled than just about everybody. He had all the moves. He was an athlete way ahead of his time. Like if Jordan played in today's NBA. Yeah, I mean, there's other great athletes that would be, you know, around around the same level as athleticism nowadays for sure. But Jordan in today's NBA would still be considered, you know, one of the best athletes in the league. Like, you know, he had the, the total package of athleticism and skill and the eye test, even the eye test is going to give Jordan a lot of, you know, a lot there too. I think that's the best argument for people that like to make the argument for Kobe as a GOAT. Uh, the eye test is the best argument for that, you know, because Kobe, I've said this before that I think Kobe is the most skilled basketball player I've ever seen. I think Jordan is right there too. Um, like Hakeem Olajuwon, when I talk about like just his his skill level, um, is like uh, you know impeccable. That's and that's if you want to make a conversation of who's like the best player but you're basing it off of just skill level then Kobe can have that argument going for him for sure you know Kobe you can make turnaround three pointers with his left hand and had all the footwork and you know, had the handles had you know he was so fundamentally sound as well so um uh, but Kobe doesn't have the you know the level of perfectness to the career that Jordan had you know um and then, uh, and then that's, yeah, that's why, that's why MJ's always going to have the edge, man. Um, that's just something that I've been thinking about for a long time and, and, I and I wanted to break it down more on this podcast on this, this right here, because the whole conversation and MJ is trending a lot right now. Uh, and the GO conversation is trending a lot right now and, and, this is why this is just why it's always gonna lean towards him at the end of the day because nobody was better than him while he played um again you know Jason Terry had a better series than LeBron was better than him at, you know in the, during the uh finals right like you know uh Kobe had those moments Magic had those moments where he was Tragic Johnson and you know had those moments um um, even, you know, even Shaq, yeah, even Shaq was outplayed by Hakim in the finals. Um, Hakim won two championships, but he, he had a, you know, series where he lost, where he was outplayed by somebody else, outplayed by an opposing, opposing big, um, the Celtics, Larry Bird Celtics, you know, there were times where Larry Bird got outplayed by Magic, there were times where Magic got outplayed Bird, it was... You know, it was tough, but you know, it's and Kareem. Kareem, same thing. Kareem had Kareem won six championships, just as much, just as much as Jordan. But he only has two Finals MVPs, and that's why I think Kareem gets overlooked in this combo um, because even you know Kareem wasn't always the best player, and and the championships that he won, you know, and and uh, yeah, and that that hurt, hurt you know hurts him a little bit in this conversation because uh, people look at that stuff and, and that's the stuff that, like, what what put Jordan over the edge, you know? Um, even if you go way back to Bill Russell, yeah, he has 11 rings, um, but there, there were championships where he was outplayed by Will Chamberlain, you know? He just was on the better team. There were, There were championships, you know, even that his last championship with the Celtics... Um, where he won, he did, you know, and, and Jerry West got Finals MVP on the losing team. So, so it's it's uh it's something that that Jordan has as an NBA player that no other NBA player has, you know, and and that's just something that I don't know if another player is ever gonna have as perfect of a career as him. You know, I'm not saying that Jordan didn't have bad shooting nights because he obviously did have bad shooting nights. He he had bad games, but he never was uh, was so bad over the course of a a playoff series, even as a youngster, where where he was the main reason why his team lost, or or he just you know fell apart and was like you know outplayed by by another player or somebody just, you know, for over the course, over the course of a, a stretch was just better than him. And, and he's the only a player that had that going for him. So yeah, that's, that's my, that's my uh, MJ go. Uh, what makes MJ the goat and why he's always going to have the edge. That's my conversation about it and why he's always going to be that guy until, you know, until somebody kind of has that stretch where he was just better than everybody for the for the entire career you know um i think i do think lebron might still have a chance to it's tough man for lebron to ever surpass m j he he already has he already has so much so many like missteps that go against him and it sucks to you know as a Laker fan, I want to see him win one in L.A., of course. But uh, even if he wins another one, it, I don't know if it's going to put him over the, the edge in this conversation. It, and the fact that he's it's tougher because he's been on different teams. Like, the, LeBron will never be bigger than Kobe in L.A., you know? So L.A. people are never going to call LeBron the GOAT. You know, they're just not. Like, and, and, uh... And uh, because he's bounced around, I think that hurts some in this conversation. Some, uh, and, uh, and, you know, the one argument that LeBron is going to have going for him, though, is going to be longevity. It's going to be uh, stats. And that's the only way LeBron can ever win this conversation. And um, uh, unfortunately, I don't think that will ever be enough, though. Uh, so... Yeah, let's leave it at that. Um, just want to talk about that there, and uh, and uh, let's move it on. I'm going to uh, switch it up here to, uh, to uh, a top 10 list. I'm going to start a top 10 list here with the greatest uh, players per position. So I'm going to start with uh, NBA point guards. Okay, so... Okay, so starting with uh, NBA point guards here. I'm gonna uh, start from ten. So this is my top ten uh, greatest NBA point guards of all time. Um, starting with ten. Uh, this one, man. When I was putting this list together, I thought he would be higher. Um, it's tough to put him here, but I'm going with uh, the glove at number ten, Gary Payton. Uh, Gary Payton, probably you know one of one of the victims of uh, the Jordan era, where he probably won the championship. Um, with the Sonics if it wasn't for Jordan um, but he still did win one uh, he ended up getting his, his ring with the, the 06 uh, Miami Heat I wish he got it with the 04 Lakers <laughs> So, um, but yeah man I got uh, Gary Payton at 10 it's it's hard to I mean he does such a great career so this shows how deep the point guard position is um, Hall of Famer of course he's a 9 time all star uh, one of the greatest defensive players of all time, won the um, the um, the Defensive Player of the Year award in '96, uh, nine-time All-NBA, and that '96 year is when he met up with Jordan in the finals, and uh, that '96 uh, NBA Finals was that was Jordan's probably uh, toughest uh, finals for him, as far as um. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the stats, that's his worst NBA Finals for Michael Jordan. I think he averaged like 27 points a game, um, and he I think he didn't, didn't shoot that well, something like 43 percent or so. I mean, that whole that whole Sonics team really really gave it to the the Bulls that series. If you look at like Scottie Pippen's shooting percentage was bad, like Tony Kuko's shooting percent percentage was bad in that series. Um, so they were tough, man. That that team was 64 games. He was the best player on the team that won 64 games. And got to the finals, so that's saying a lot there, Um, that he was able to take the team to the finals as as the best player, and that, and that you know, that shows he was a superstar for sure. Um, And uh, gave Jordan a lot of trouble as a defender, gave him a lot of trouble, he really did, uh, as you can see by Jordan's numbers in that finals. Um, But just like I said, you know, Jordan, Jordan uh, always came through for the, you know, so so that's why he always has the edge in that, that goal convo, uh, so like his worst NBA Finals is just still like 27 points a game in the series, so that shows how great Jordan still was, but um, yeah Payton at 10, Payton at 10 uh, at number 9 I have, uh, Jason Kidd now it's tough, Both it the reason I put Jason Kidd ahead of Gary Payton I just think I think Payton was a slightly more impactful, impactful player. I, don't, I know, um, Jason Kidd was also a very great defender. He he wasn't, he wasn't Gary Payton on defense, but he was really close. You know, uh, Jason Kidd was really close to, uh, to that level of defender that Gary Payton was. Uh, Jason Kidd was nine time All Defense at, uh, as well. So, so he was pretty close to Gary Payton defensively. But I think he was a better offensive player than than Payton, and that's why I have him um, one spot ahead of uh, ahead of the glove. um you know, uh, Jason Kidd is also a Hall of Famer. He was a better passer than Gary Payton. He's one of the the best pastors of all time. Uh, probably might be in the top five as far as just pure pastors of any position in the NBA. You know, he's like Jason Kidd, LeBron, Magic. These guys that. It's not just about assist totals and numbers like that. Jason, it's about just the eye test and you know, the type of passes and the vision, you know, that these guys had. They were able to see two steps ahead of everybody else. So um you no, know, six time on NBA. He was a rookie of the year. Um uh, got it was the best player on two teams that got to the finals. So that's pretty it's pretty good there. You know, and he took the Nets to back to back finals appearances in 0-2 and three. And he did win a championship in 2011, um, with the with the uh, Mavericks. You know, he played a bigger role on his championship team than than Gary Payton did on his. And I think that also gives him, you know, gives him a a edge there. He was the starting point guard on that 2011 Maverick team. He averaged 33 minutes a game, so he was still like a super valuable player at that time. So then he became a better shooter towards the end. That was the one knock against Jason Kidd. He wasn't a good shooter at all at all he was a bad shooter for most of his career but towards the end he became a really pretty reliable three-point shooter towards the end of his career and um had some seasons towards the end there where he shot you know 40 like 40 from three so um so yeah I think Jason Kidd would just at his peak peak Jason Kidd was a little better than Gary Payton at his peak so i have have Kidd at Kidd at uh at nine, he led the league in assists five times. One of the best passers of all time, one of the best two-way point guards of all time. Uh, he can do it on defense, and uh, and uh, was a pure point guard on offense. So was also a triple-double machine. You know, uh, one of the best rebounding point guards of all time. So, you know, he's a better rebounder passer than than uh, Gary Payton was, um, and he was really close defensively to Gary Payton. Um, so that's why I have kid at nine. At number 8 I got uh, Steve Nash. Uh, Steve Nash at number 8. Uh the reason I got Nash ahead of Kid and Payton is uh is um his his two MVPs, you know, he won two MVPs in the middle of Kobe's prime and you know in the middle of Kobe's prime, in the middle of Tim Duncan's prime, in the middle of Shaq's primes. You know, and you you can debate if he deserved those MVPs or not, but it's still mad impressive for him to win two MVPs back to back and in that era, um, one of the best shooters of all time, my guy that, that probably should have shot more, um, one of the best three point shooters of all time was a 50, 40, 90 guy. Like I think, um, Steve Nash has more 50, 40, 90 seasons than, um, than anybody else. Um, don't quote me on that, but I know he's up there. Um, and for those that don't know, 50, 40, 90 is shooting 50% from the field. 40% from three and 90% from the free-throw line in the same season, um, career 43%, three-point shooter, which is uh, elite, you know, almost the greatest of all time, um, led the league in assist five years, uh, was really part of revolutionizing kind of the way offense is now, you know, you see how, you know, spread out, and uh, the game is now, and Fast-paced with those Suns teams in the mid two thousands with Mike D'Antoni, career ninety percent free throw shooter. I know he couldn't play defense. I know he was undersized and wasn't a great defender at all. I know that, but he was so good offensively. He was uh, such a great passer, such a great shooter that that I just think he was more impactful than, and just you know he just affected the game probably a little bit more than. What Kidd and Payton were were able to do. Um, it's close. It's close between Nash, Kidd and Payton. It's really close. It's tough, you know. But uh I put Nash at A because of those two MVPs. And and you know, he those Suns teams were really good. I know he never got them to the finals, but you know, he unfortunately he went up against, you know, some really good teams. You know, he, he would he would either lose to the Spurs or lose to the Lakers later on. Um and uh, if Nash was in the East, you know, he probably gets to the finals, you know. Jason Kidd got to the finals back-to-back years, um, mostly because also the East was also very bad. Like, it's fucking, yeah, the East, there wasn't a lot of competition. So if Nash was in the East with that Suns team, you know, and in that era, they he probably can get that team to the finals three or four straight years that those Suns teams were that good, so... Fortunately, he played in a tough conference, and he never got that team to the finals, never won a ring. Uh, but uh, he was just uh, such a great shooter, one of the greatest shooters of all time, one of the greatest passers of all time, and uh, really, you know, really changed the game there and won two MVPs. So uh, Nash had eight, slightly above Kidd and Payton. It's really close between all three of those. Number seven, I got uh, Russell Westbrook. So... That one, you know, it might it might be a little controversial for people to have Westbrook at seven ahead of like Hall of Famers like Nash Kent, and Payne already, but uh, I'm just looking at it like I know he hasn't won anything yet. I know he's not a you know a player that most people would want to build around, and um, he has his issues. You know, he's not the easiest. Not the easiest player to win with because of the, the way he plays, but man, you can't take the fact he won. You know, the fact that he he's um he's uh um, averaged a triple double three straight years is is uh gonna be looked back like in history, like tw- 10, 20 years from now, we're gonna look back at that and like Russell Westbrook actually averaged a triple double three straight years and and he did it while scoring like 25, 30 points a game. It's not like he, he had like Jason Kidd type triple doubles where a kid would get a lot of triple doubles, but he would do like 12 points a game, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, you know, um, he's just so dynamic and, and his numbers, but, and, at, at, you know, by the end of the day, it's going to be so, so, so up there, you know, and part of it's this era is inflated, the faster pace is easier to get triple doubles, but to still average that for three straight years is really impressive. He's plays you know hundred percent all the time. I think you know he's a better scorer than he's a better scorer than Nash, Kidd, and Payton were, which is uh, one of the reasons why I put him ahead of those guys already. I think I think peak Russell Westbrook is a little more you know just better than those guys you know. If I was to start a team, you know, I probably wouldn't pick Westbrook, you know, ahead of Nash. I think I'd rather like start a team with Nash, honestly. Um, but I think Westbrook's a better player. You know, um, the better scorer, one has won the MVP, has been to the finals, um, and uh, yeah, I just think you can't overlook his numbers. At the end of the day, you can't overlook um, kind of his greatness as. As, you know, a scorer. And he can also bring it defensively. And and as an athlete. And um, I think he's ahead of those guys already. You know, so. But Westbrook at seven. Number six is another one that might surprise some people. I got Chris Paul. CP3 at number six. Uh, Chris Paul. um, He just... You know, I know he hasn't won either, again, he hasn't won a championship yet, but he's been so good for so long, and, and, uh, he's been such a great all, just all-around point guard for so long that it's, it's hard to ignore his placement now, you know, um, even though he hasn't won, first of all, statistically, he's, like, uh, analytic darling, like, he's one of those guys where analytics has treated Chris Paul really well, like, I think he might have, like, the highest, like, PER, um, the most point guards ever, or at least, at least on this list, I think he has a higher career PER than all these people have on this list, um, analytics have treated, you know, he's a, Chris Paul really well, and, and he's really efficient, and that's the reason why, and I'm not usually big on, you know, using analytics for comparisons, um, for rankings, but, the eye test also shows he's just been a great player, you know. He's, I think, a better scorer, a better shooter than than um, than uh, everybody I have below him other than Nash, you know. Uh, but he's a more, I think he's a better scorer than Steve Nash, even though Steve Nash was a better shooter. You know, Chris Paul can get you 30 if you need it. He's one of the best just passers, pick and roll players. Um, you know, he's led the league in assists four straight, four years. He's also one of the best defensive point guards of all time. You know. He's not Gary Payton, but you know, Chris Paul has made multiple all defensive first teams, you know. Um he led the league and he's led the league in steals like six six times. He's that's surprising, you know. Oh, that shocked me a little bit looking at his stats. He led the league in steals six times in his career. Two point two a game his career average. So that's that's super elite. Um and um I think I think I know, I know he's had his issues in the playoffs and, and you know, he's had his moments, but he's, just been, he's been really good for really long. And he's going to go down as one of the all-time leaders in assists. Um, he's going to go down as, you know, one of the all-time leaders in steals. He's – the numbers are all there for him. It's kind of like yeah, – I'm a, you know, Stockton. I have right ahead of him at number five. So he's kind of like the – this era with John Stockton a little bit, where at the end of the day, I'm not comparing the way they played, but like at the end of the day, like they're they're both have like these all time great numbers. Like Stockton had these all time great numbers. Chris Paul is gonna retire with these all time great numbers, but they might have never won a ring, and that's gonna hurt their legacy. Uh, but you can't ignore how how great he's been. I think Chris Paul, peak Chris Paul, is better than peak John Stockton. Um, so he, there's a chance of him to continue to move up this list, you know, especially if he wins a ring. Um, but P. Chris Paul, man is 20 points a game, 11 assists, like two and a half steals, 50% shooting efficient shooter, good three point shooter, good free throw shooter, like all defensive first team, like dude, like at his peak, I just think he's a better player than Peyton, Kidd, Nash, and Westbrook are. Take, I'll take Paul over Westbrook at his you know, peak Westbrook. People forget, like, in 08, he almost won the MVP over Kobe. Like, he, he came close, and, like, as I, uh, in 08, took that, that Hornets team that the second-best player was David West and, you know, had Tyson Chandler on there. He took that team to the conference finals. Was finished second in MVP, averaging, like, 22 points, 11 assists you know, three steals a game, something like that, like, and, and almost, well, they were not almost getting, you know, they didn't beat the Lakers, but they got to the Conference Finals, I want to say that same year, and let me look at that year, I want to make sure I get that right, no, I got, apologize, I got that wrong, they, they were 56 and 26, so he did finish second in MVP, they lost to the Spurs, you know, no shame in losing to Spurs, and they lost to the Spurs in seven games in the second round, then the Spurs lost to the Lakers in and uh, the conference finals. So, so man, yeah, man. I uh, I just think that he's, you know, at his prime was one of the best point guards ever. You know, on both ends of the floor, and that's why I got Chris Paul number six. And I just mentioned John Stockton. I have number five. Um, I think we know, we know a lot about Stockton. Obviously, lost two finals to Michael Jordan in ninety seven and ninety eight with the Jazz. Um, but man, he, he was really consistent for a really long time. Um, the all time leader in assists, the all time leader in steals. And I don't know if those records are ever going to be broken. Um, I think, I think John Stockton in today's NBA would actually might be a little bit better than he was back then because, uh, he would shoot more. He was a good shooter. He just did not shoot that much, you know, uh, for his career was 13 points a game. But he's a, he was a career 51% shooter and 38% from three, you know. He's shooting a lot more threes in today's game. He's he's uh, scoring more, I think, in today's game, shooting more. Um, and uh, he was a good defender, too. John Stockton made all-defensive team five times. Um, that's, you know, one of the, the most—wasn't, like, the biggest guy. He's only one, but he was scrappy. He, he worked hard. He— uh, and he was a good defender but I think people just see this sh- shorter white guy and assume like John Stockton couldn't play defense or he was like you know non-athletic they, but he was a much better defender than people remember him and give him credit for um and one thing too man extremely extremely durable John Stockton never missed a fucking game like he I was looking at this a couple of days back and I'm looking at it again right here um for the podcast There was only two times in his career where he didn't play every single game. And uh, 1990, he played 78 games, so he only only missed four games. And then 98, that was the only time where he missed like a significant chunk. He played 64 games in 98, so he missed 18 games that year. Other than that, he played every single game (laughs) of his NBA career. Uh, played all 82 every other season, and then played 50 in 99, which was the um lockout season, so it was only 50 games. So he played every single game <laughs> um, the rest of his career. That's crazy. Like, he only missed, like, out of all the games of his career, he only missed, like, a possible, like, 20 games in 20, in 20 years that he played. Like, on average, well, like, one game per season, some shit like that. Like... It's, it's incredible how durable he was. And that's the reason why these records are always going to stand. No other player is going to be this durable for the, uh, for the, as long as John Stockton was. So he's by far the all-time leader in assists. And he's by far the all-time leader in steals. Average 2.2 steals a game for his career. 10.5 assists for his career. Had like eight years in a row when he led the league in assists. From from 88 to, to 96, he led the league in assists every single season. Has some some numbers man like 14 and a half one year 14.2 uh the picker roll, he popularized the picker bowl with Carl malone um master that so uh stockton i think stockton's a little overlooked now because he didn't win and i think especially like younger people look at anybody that was white that played in the 80s and 90s they think they automatically like suck and like they wouldn't be good today like you know it's ridiculous people look think larry bird would suck if he played in today's nba like what you mean? Like what the fuck are you talking about? Like Larry Bird, you know, there's still white people that play today. You know, just because Larry Bird wasn't athletic, like what are you talking about? Like Dirk Nowitzki wasn't an athletic and he played in this era and he dominated. Like what? The, what did that? You know, whatever. But Stockton would be great today in today's NBA. I think he, I think he'd be a better scorer. I think he still, you know, would be a ten, eleven assist guy. Uh, he probably wouldn't be as good as a defender because from. know Stockton was a little dirty at times defensively and and got away with a little more but I think he'd still be he would still hold his own defensively because he was high IQ smart guy know how to use his body well so um so yeah Stockton at Stockton at five the only reason he's not higher is because he didn't win um and the person I have at number four is somebody who did win and that's Isaiah Thomas um, Zeke, man, and, and uh, th- uh, Thomas has been topic of a lot of conversations um, lately because of the documentary and his beef with Michael Jordan. But um, yeah, I'm I give Isaiah his credit. He won two rings, uh, has a Finals MVP, uh, was the best player on two championship rings. I know one, uh, I know Dumars won the first Finals MVP, but he was uh, Thomas was the best, still the best player on that team. Uh, got to three straight finals, beat. Some you know played in a really tough era where tough competition beat Magic's Lakers in the finals, beat Larry Bird in the Eastern Conference uh, finals, uh, beat Michael Jordan (laughs) three times in a row in the playoffs. Um, Definitely give him his credit. He was bad man. Uh, He he was somebody too that that was a little bit ahead of his time, like a shorter scoring point guard. He was a score first. He had a scorers mentality. I don't want to say he was a score first guy, but he had more of a scorers mentality. Um, but he still averaged like 10, 11 assists a game. Um, um, yeah, uh, that's, that's, uh, something that he has over everybody else that's below him, the best player on the championship team, on two championship teams. And, and, um, I think, uh, I think, man, his prime was, you know, was one of the best players ever, regardless of position, especially for his size, um, he was a 20 2010 guy um and he can go off offensively he can you know he was i think a better scorer than than his than you see some of his uh, averages his points per game averages uh, because uh you know he had, you know he, the team didn't call on him to score all the time but uh if you needed a bucket he can get you one you know he had that famous 25 point quarter against the lakers on the bumped ankle um just uh you know an elite player a guy that doesn't get enough respect, so, um, he doesn't have, like, the all-time career numbers that, like, John Stockton has, or Chris Paul, or things like that, because he didn't play as long as them, but, uh, but, in his prime, and his peak was, was, was one of the best ever, so, Isaiah at four, and, uh, number three, number three I got, what do I have at number three? Oh, at number three, I have Oscar Robertson. Now, um, Oscar, Oscar Robertson. It's it's always a little harder to rank these guys that dominated the '60s. Like him and Will Chamberlain are kind of, I think, the hardest people to rank when it comes to these type of lists, and um, because he played he, in an era where you know, where there just wasn't many people like him, and that's why you see, like, the numbers that he put up. Like, Will Chamberlain averaged 50 points a game one season because everybody else was, like, 6'9". Other centers were only, like, 6'9". Like, Bill Russell was only 6'9". And Will Chamberlain was a true 7-footer in an era where there wasn't any other 7-footers around to play against him. So, so you see these inflated numbers, like, well, Will averaging 50 points a game, of course he did, like, when there's and I I mean it's still hard to do that obviously like you know it's still like fucking amazing that he had what what more impresses me about that is like he had the energy and the stamina to average 50 points a game you know cuz I think a lot of players have the skill level and talent to average 50 points a game if they wanted to but they wouldn't be able to do it because they'd get tired as fuck man trying to score that many points 50 points every game you you're going to fucking run out of energy like so that's actually more impressive when I see somebody like you know the numbers that will put up. But go back to Oscar. It's uh, similar to that, or Oscar would average a triple double just about every year. He had a one season where he actually averaged it. But if you look at his stats, like five years in a row, he was like averaging a triple double over the course of five years. He had, he had like years where he was like nine point seven rebounds, ten assists, or you know, like it was like point something away from another triple double. Like like so. He basically averaged it for five straight years, um, but you know he didn't win. He didn't win anything until Kareem got to the Bucks, and and by the time he did win the one championship, um, he was no longer the best player on the team. Kareem was, so, um, you know the fact that only he has one ring, and I don't blame him for only having one ring, but it kind of, you know, it it makes his numbers not as much you know not as impressive especially when you see Russell Westbrook now has averaged triple double their straight years then it kind of looks you know makes Oscar Robertson number numbers not look as impressive anymore and he was another guy similar to Will where he was just more athletic and and just better and it's not his fault but like that's part of the reason why his numbers were the way they were he was a 6'5 point guard But he had that, you know, six five point girl, which was big back then, really big, um, and was more athletic than anybody his size. You know, had the athleticism of uh, of a today type of player. So he took advantage of that type of era, Um, and the pace in the '60s was really high, uh, even faster than today. You know, Um, so there was a lot of up and down. A lot of it was a really fast paced game, so it was easier to get numbers like. Um, he played like 46 minutes a game you know and Russell Westbrook I think his triple doubles are more impressive because he's getting triple doubles playing like 10 less minutes a game than Oscar did Um, so I don't know like it was tough for me I I almost put Oscar like number 5 but out of still it's still impressive to see him do what he did and he definitely was one of these like one of these like old timers godfathers of in the NBA that inspired so many people, that inspired like the, the Michael Jordans and came from this era where like he was one of the first like athletic real athletic players in, in the NBA that stood out and and you know, really popularized like the game and made people want to play more. Like he was one of those athletes at that time that was above and beyond everybody else, right? Uh, but the fact that he only won one ring, um, the numbers are what they are, and I, you know, you still got to place them high on the list for having those type of numbers. But um, I also knock it a little bit is to um, is is being a little bit more inflated because of the area he played in. So uh, Oscar uh, number three, number two. Um, this also might be a little or rub people the wrong way, but, uh, Steph Curry, I have Steph Curry number two already, on the greatest point guards of all time, I think if Steph Curry retired today, he'd be the second greatest point guard of all time already, he's the greatest shooter ever, simple as that, he's the greatest, he's the greatest shooter ever, all around shooter ever, um, he changed the game, he, you see all these, you know, the Trey Youngs, and, and all that, like shooting deep threes from, you know, five feet behind the three-point line. Steph Curry made that popular. Steph Curry did that first on a regular basis. Um, And it's not just, like, the three-point shooting. He's the best all-around shooter. Like, he can take you off the dribble and shoot. Um, You know, he can shoot off the catch. Um, He's just, you know, best shooter ever, three-time champion, um, two-time MVP, and that's already quite a resume that i think places him number two all time and at the same time one of the most impactful and important players in nba history um one of the biggest superstars with the lowest egos you know uh, one of the best teammates it's easy to win with that guy like how can you know i think one, one of the easiest guys to build a team around because he doesn't have a big ego he doesn't Steph curry doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time to be successful you can play off the ball um uh, the knocks against him, not a great defender, but when you're that great offensively, then you can get away with being not a great defender, you know. Um, and I think a little knock against him is he hasn't had a finals MVP. You know, he still has never won a finals MVP. And that's kind of a knock because he's one of the only all-time great players. Like, like all-time, all-time. Like, when you think about top 20 players of all time, top 20, top 25 is one of the very few guys that has never won a finals MVP who has won a championship. Um and especially that, you know, have three championships and not a finals MVP. I think it's a little bit of a nod because I think, I think a finals MVP would be a big deal to Curry's legacy, you know? So that's, that's something that you still, you, I think he still needs to really, you know, really put him higher on at least the all-time greatest players list. You already have him second as a point guard, though. Um, yeah, I just, I think what he's accomplished, what he's done for the game, um, the fact that he's the greatest ever at something, you know, at shooting. Um, he's also one of the greatest ball handlers ever. So, um, yeah, Curry, number two already uh, on this list. and it's good to number one. Shouldn't be a surprise, uh, Magic Johnson. Uh, Magic, I don't know if anybody's ever gonna pass Magic. as one as a you know the greatest point guard ever, um, five-time champion, went to nine NBA finals, basically dominated the entire Western Conference for a whole decade. You know, nine nine finals appearances and I think eleven years. It's fuck, you know that's fucking incredible. We you know we we marvel at like LeBron making the finals nine times over the course of his career. Right, Magic made the finals just as much times as LeBron did. But he did it in, in eleven seasons. You know, LeBron has made nine finals in what like sixteen years. Magic made nine nine finals in eleven years, so pretty fucking crazy. Um, and you know, five rings to go along with it. Three finals MVPs. with a finals MVP as a rookie. I don't know if anybody's ever gonna do that again. Um, greatest passer of all time. Um, six nine point guard. Um, one of the most influential, impactful players. Best teammates, best passer ever. Uh, can also score. I think Magic's scoring and shooting is a little underrated. Um, because of how great his passing was, but you know, Magic, Magic, Mag- Magic could get you thirty if you needed. If you needed thirty, um, uh, you know, it was great in the post. Is post game is underrated. Um, good free throw shooter. You know. Um. And yeah, I like that resume is five five time champion man. I got to say five time champion three-time finals MVP, three-time MVP, regular season MVP, so uh, not much else to say. Uh, Magic is the greatest point guard of all time, so that's my list. Uh, Let's run it back. Um, at 10, I had Gary Payton, number nine, Jason Kidd, number eight, Steve Nash, number seven, Russell Westbrook, number six, Chris Paul, number five, John Stockton, uh, number four, Isaiah Thomas, number three, Oscar Robertson, number two, uh, Steph Curry, and number one, Magic Johnson, so That's my list. Tell me what you think about it. Um, If you have any problems with it or if you just want to talk about, like, debate it uh, and share your list with with me as well. So, um, yeah, that'll be it. That'll be it for this podcast. And um, I'm going to start doing starting doing these top 10 all time. Next podcast, I'll, I'll have a top 10 shooting guards. And uh, we'll go from there. So hope you enjoyed. And let me know what you think about the Jordan topic as well. So we'll catch you on the next one. Peace out. Stay safe. Have a good day.